We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to a Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how we doing? Free agency's coming. Yes, it's about to be here this upcoming weekend. You know, we're pumped. We'll be doing a live show on the NBA outlet, breaking it down at 6 p.m. on Sunday. But we're talking Nets, previewing free agency, guys on contract, guys coming off contract, salary cap, and possible uh, acquisitions they can make. But uh, as always, check us out, iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OTG Basketball.com, Google Play, Dash Radio, and YouTube. But, Jack, let's get into guys that are not going to be on the Nets books next year. They're free agents, you know, either meaning that the Nets could resign them or they're good to go. So who are we talking about first? Uh, let's just go down the list. You know, obviously, let's go with uh, – we'll go price range. Damari Carroll, obviously at $15 million, he's going to be a free agent. What do you think? Is he going to be back with the Nets this upcoming season? Um, I think that there is a likelihood that it could be. Um, but for me, it's almost 50-50, maybe 40-60 that he isn't. Um, there's so much money around the NBA right now. And Damari Carroll fits a lot of NBA teams like a glove. Sort of in that veteran role, guy can hit a few shots, guy can be a real veteran locker room presence, a better version of Jared Dudley, a better version of Vince Carter. Um, I think a lot of teams would want him in a lot of different situations. He obviously has ties to uh, to the Brooklyn Nets, so if we were to get him, and um, you know, maybe as just a, a guy to fill out the roster a little bit as a guy coming off the bench, I think he'd be incredibly valuable. Uh, but there'll be some money out there for him. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think a team will probably offer more money than what the Nets can offer them, especially if some of these uh, star rumors become true. They won't really have the type of money to throw at him. I think he could probably even get, you know, maybe the mid-level exception from somebody, but definitely the taxpayer mid-level exception. So I'd say Damari, I'd give him maybe a 25% chance of being back. And for those that don't know, Nick, what is generally the taxpayer and the mid-level around? Is it three to five million? That's the, the number? 
So the ta- the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, I believe, is eight point four million, and yep. then the the taxpayer mid-level exception is five point three million. Okay, so just, and just they can the- and uh, just to throw it out there, teams can split that up and use it on two different players. It's not like that's allocated for one contract. Yep. So obviously, you know, I think that Damari Carroll will probably get the the taxpayer. I reckon he probably get a, a five. For me, the number that I think just sort of sticks out is three years, fifteen million dollars. I think that that mm-hmm. would be something that he would want. You know, just sort of as a, as a last contract heading into where he would probably get into vet minimums in, in the later point of his career. But, um, you know, there'll be something out there for him. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the most likely scenario. Maybe a team might offer a little bit more of it's just a one- or two-year deal, but yeah. we'll see what happens with Damari. It's an interesting thing. He's obviously up there in age, but we know what he can bring to a team. You know, one team that I've talked to some people about that would make a lot of sense would Damari Carroll to New Orleans because he would just be the perfect type of veteran for that culture with all those young guys. They're going to be become my second favorite team for so many ways. Zionology, by the way, guys, designtree.com, dsgntree.com. Shirts are fire. Zion's fire. We already love him. He hasn't even played a game in the NBA. But back to the Nets. Uh, next guy who was a free agent, Jared Dudley, made $9.5 million. Obviously not going to get that. What do you think are his chances of being back with Brooklyn next year? I mean, if it were up to Brooklyn Nets fans, it would be like, keep him more than any other player. We <laughs> want him to annoy Ben Simmons for the next uh, 82 games and hopefully longer. Um, I think that there's a lot <clears throat> at a vet minimum. You know, I think that Jared Dudley would like to stay in Brooklyn. He seems to love the city, love the guys around him. I think he'd be the perfect sort of locker room guy for, you know, in the Kyrie Irving sort of situation. Kyrie sort of said, you know, he wants those sort of dudes who have been around the ways a little bit. So I would like to keep one or two of these veterans in the locker room. And I would not hate Jared Dudley. I think he's got a little bit left in the tank. You know, give him 10, 15 minutes a night, give him a couple of nights off here and there. A guy coming off the bench, maybe he can give you some some spurts. And a guy who's just really, really smart and is a great teammate. So, but there'll be there'll be so many other teams due to his his strong Twitter game. His Twitter game is going to get him an extra million dollars or an extra year from someone probably. It really could. I honestly like his likelihood of coming back to the Nets more than Demario or Ed Davis because of his price tag. Jared Dudley, I think, would be the most likely to come back as like a vet minimum contract or something. Where I could even see Jared Dudley signing a one or two year deal, and at the end of that deal moving into the Nets front office or coaching staff because he's had such a positive impact with helping them develop players pretty much with the leadership standpoint. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I think that he's more likely to move into a possible uh, media role than than possible front office role. But I think that he has uh, such a high intelligence on and off the court that he could do whatever he wants. And it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. But uh, it'll be fun. Hopefully, we see him in uh, 2019, 20 in the black and white. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it would be important, especially when you're bringing new guys. This is a guy that understands what Kenny and Sean want to do in terms of culture and kind of help set that tone and keep things positive, even if he's not playing any minutes. So I'd be pretty happy to see him back. I don't really care if he plays on the court a lot next offseason. I think his off-the-court impact would, when we saw the original acquisition of him kind of stuck out. So hopefully they can keep him. Ed Davis next, Nick. Yeah, let's go with Big Ed. Uh, obviously, you know, Ed killed his contract last year, only $4.4 million, and he was just huge, one of the best backup bigs in the NBA. I put it at probably like a 5% chance he'd be back with the Nets. That, I think the only way I see him back with the Nets is if they strike out and they have the extra money. Well, it's literally what he told Michael Scott of, of the Athletic, uh, his priorities. First is the money, then two is the fit. And then if it's a playoff team or a non-playoff team, an old or young team, whatever fits best for you, the last thing I guess is the city but for sure a guy like me it's definitely the money for sure a lot of guys won't say it but trust me 99.9% of the guys it's about money just like for your job you're going where the money is at um, and I, I don't blame him he deserves to get paid 
Um, I don't think the Nets are going to pay him. I mean, if we do strike out in some form or another, I wouldn't hate paying a guy like Ed Davis. He's built such great rapport within the Nets organizations and as a whole. One of the best free agent signings of last uh, offseason and you know, one of the best free agent signings the Nets have ever had. Um, I wish Ed well in wherever he goes. I think that a lot of teams, as a backup big, you can do no worse than adding um, a guy like him. And with plenty of teams having some cap space, um, I wish Ed well. Um, it almost seems fait accompli that he'll uh, be on a different team and outside of the Brooklyn Borough. Yeah, and I think a guy in Ed's situation who hasn't necessarily made a ton of money in his NBA career, it makes a lot of sense for him to get more money, especially probably his last good contract he's going to get. You know, he was underpaid last season. Like you said, will be Ed Davis fans moving forward, whatever team he signs with. Absolutely. Now, uh, we got D'Angelo Russell. We don't really have to chat much about him because you could check out all the previous buzzes. He's been a topic for pretty much the last month. But any other thoughts you want to get out on him? Obviously, restricted free agent, you know, has the cap hold. The Nets will likely renounce when they go after trying to sign Kyrie and KD. I doubt they renounce it until they actually have confirmation. Yeah, I mean, that there are certain dates that are worth keeping an eye on in that sort of sense. I think Nets Daily has a sort of date deadline to, to keep an eye on. They provide some great uh, information in that. But his cap hold is a little bit over $21 million. So it is a large one. Um, obviously, there'll be teams throwing some restricted offer sheets at him in some sort of way. Obviously, Kyrie Irving and, and the rest. But again, we go in depth on that on the on the last free agency preview and plenty of other free agency previews uh, in the Brooklyn Buzz as well. Yeah, and just if they haven't listened, uh, what's the percentage you think D'Angelo's back with the Nets? Um, did I say 18%? Yeah, you did. I said 20 So we're yeah. pretty much eye to eye on that. Obviously, we wish D'Angelo the best, but if the Nets are looking to upgrade and get some stars, it might mean letting him go. And he's done a lot for the franchise, and we'll appreciate that. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who we also touched on some previous shows, you know, restricted free agents. The Nets already, I believe, renounced his rights. So they actually they didn't even send a qualifying offer for Rondé. So. It is the end of his tenure in Brooklyn. Um, we spoke about him in real glowing terms, and he deserves all the praise that he got. Um, you know. Uh, Sort of the, the first guy, you know, the, the longest tenured net um, in terms of his time with, with the Brooklyn Nets organization. Um, we're, gonna, we're certainly going to be following him uh, for, for many years in, in this NBA. I've said that before. Um, I, we wish him all the success. He doesn't need it. He's going to be a guy uh, that's around this league for, for a long time. And I sincerely believe that because he does have a skill set that I think a lot of teams will value, especially in the modern NBA. A hundred percent. We love Ronde. And then in terms of other free agents, you know, we got Theo Pinson, Alan Williams. Uh, I think that a lot of it will depend on, we'll see a lot of these confirmations uh, come July 1st, come June 30th, 6 p.m., sorry, um, where we get all these confirmations around who we sign, who we don't sign, Shabazz Napier, all the Trevion Graham, all those sort of guys. Um, it'll be It'll be interesting to see because uh, Theo is one of the best dancers, had some of the best reactions and meme reactions. I remember when we were at the, the New Orleans Pelicans game afterwards, we, we went on Twitter and Anthony Davis had a 2029 20, of Theo Pinson turned himself into a meme just seeing uh, the reaction to, to that stat line. It was, Theo's awesome. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Theo back. Obviously, it's going to be more of a money thing and that's probably could get him cheap. And then in terms, like you mentioned, uh, Shabazz and Trevion Graham, non-guaranteed contracts. Likely the Nets would have to uh, waive those contracts if they're landing the two big fish in Kyrie and KD. And then the Nets are getting the rest of their cap space. You know, obviously Dwight Howard buyout, Kenneth Reed buyout, Darren Williams sadly is still in the books next year for five point oh, four million. How but, long is that? How long is that left of that, by the way? Do you know? Just just next year. Just oh, next year. Then we don't have to talk about Deron Williams, Darren, whatever your freaking name is for the. Oh, thank you. Just go. 
Exactly. So that's uh, where we're at in terms of free agents and non-guaranteed contracts and the maximum amount of cap space via Keith Smith. You can find him on Twitter, uh, 68.6 million. Obviously they can move some other contracts. They want to get more projected cap space. If they do not renounce uh, D'Angelo's rights is 48.5 million. So there's plenty of money available for the Brooklyn Nets and um, there's plenty of money available for a lot of other teams, but uh, they're not the Brooklyn Nets, baby. Yeah, I think the Nets are uh, top three. I think the only team that I believe has the more money than them is Next. the Knicks. Yeah. yeah. And the Knicks obviously did not have the same success the Nets had last year. A couple teams can make moves to get close. You know, the Clippers have enough. They can move Gallinari, I believe, to get a lot closer because they're at 57 max cap space right now, and Gallinari makes a good chunk of change. So other teams can get up there, but the Nets are in a really good position considering the players they have under contract. We certainly, certainly are. And just to throw this out there, if I'm completely understanding the salary cap correctly, which is probably one of the most difficult things to understand, uh, the Nets will have a room exception, which is around $4 million after they spend their cap space to sign another free agent. So if they sign Kyrie and KD, they'll still have that. And then we mentioned they still have the trade exception from the Torian Prince deal as well. So that means, Nick, that you can get a player on a $4 million deal one year, or can you get him for an extended period? I believe it. I think the long term is two years. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, you would have to check that out at either like NBA.com or like HoopsRumor.com yeah. usually have the info on that. Not a walking encyclopedia on salary cap stuff yet. You are trying. closest thing to it at OTG Basketball. That's for sure. So, uh, and in four point, you know, $4 million is, could get you a solid bench player or a solid veteran possibly that could really help your team. So it'll be interesting to see what the Nets do with that or what they do with the trade exception. And they don't have to use the entire trade exception. It's not like they have to take a $15 million contract. It could be less money and bring that player in. And with Joseph Tsai and Prokhorov, the Nets will be willing to probably pay the tax if they were to go over that line, which they'd still have to do a lot more things to get there. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we've we've paid into the luxury tax before um, when we wanted to be a contender in, in the in the Paul Pierce KG era, Deron Williams era. I hate mentioning his name. Uh, <laughs> he's got a, he's got mentioned more on this show than he probably has the entire season. <laughs> like it's like it's like Lord Voldemort. It's just got. The- <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, there's a lot of teams and that luxury tax seems to be sort of like a, a no-go zone, OKC, um, those sort of lesser market teams. But if the Nets are contending for a championship and a top five team and top four team, you can make that money back with, with ticket sales, merchandising sales if you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the team. Exactly. So I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Last time they had to pay the tax, they weren't actually a true contender. This time they actually will be. Obviously, it depends on you know Kevin Durant when he gets back. Yeah. Home. Chat for another day. Let's get into the nitty gritty of it all. All right. So we'll look at some possible acquisitions for each position. You know, we'll start with point guard. I think this is pretty much obviously a two-man race between Kyrie Irving and D'Angelo Russell. It's uh, literally a two-man race. Kimber Walker's not in there. There are no other guys. There might be some lesser sort of guys in, in waiting in the wings um, as sort of backup, 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 third sort of point guard sort of options. Um, but, you know, we said earlier in the episode, you know, 18 to 20 percent that we see D'Angelo Russell, which means, I guess, we're about 80 percent on the on the likelihood that Kyrie Irving uh, turned into a Brooklyn net, which, I mean, we've spoken about at length. But, I mean, what is there more to say? Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. And I think a lot of people like you'll look at it now and be a little upset because you have the taste of D'Angelo last year and Kyrie's last season and all the negative rumors being released about him via the Celtics, you know, isn't putting him in a positive light. But when you see Kyrie Irving put on a Nets uniform and drop 40 and break somebody's ankles, I think you'll feel pretty good. And again, wearing the number two, hopefully. 
Yeah, and wearing number two, obviously, Brooks, our boy. Um, and, you know, we talked about it, like you said, Jack, backup, backup options. We're looking for a third string point guard, somebody on the cheap, cheap, you know, it'd be close to a vet minimum or less than that. You know, you're thinking guys probably like uh, Devin Harris, a Shelvin Mack, maybe get lucky in a TJ McConnell, but nothing too crazy as your third string point guard. Um, we spoke about it just before we recorded, Nick. Let's keep Shabazz Napier if that's the case. Yeah, true. <clears throat> and the Nets are in a nice position because Karis Avert can play point guard as well. So, like, you have a player that you could sub, and if there's an injury to Kyrie or Spencer Dinwiddie, you have another player that can take on the backup point guard duties. Yeah, exactly. So, shooting guard, no, I don't think they'll be super active in shooting guard unless they don't land, you know, Kyrie and KD. Maybe the, the shooting guard they would look at would be somebody like a Jimmy Butler if that was, like, one of the backup plans. Yeah, I mean, there's all these sort of like lesser sort of guys that you could talk about, you know, you know, Rodney Magruder, Garrett Temple, these sort of vet guys that you sort of got to fill out the roster with um, that could add something, um, you know. And, and I think that, you know, we, it depends on, obviously, if we were to get Kyrie and or KD. Uh, but you look at those sort of vet options, guys that could fill out the roster a little bit, not necessarily take a, a massive sort of cap hold. But um, we'll keep an eye on those sort of guys. But I think that there'll be some veterans out there you know, who knows if, you know, maybe a Jamal Crawford out for a vet minimum just to be a sort of locker room presence in a similar vein. If we were to lose, you know, Jared Dudley in free agency, I wouldn't hate that at a vet minimum. Um, so, yeah, I think that the shooting guard position with Joe Harris there as well for next season too. Um, I think JJ Redick is a name that I think has been gaining a little bit of clout. Um, and obviously, I spoke about it a little bit on the free agents, uh, on the rumors pod, uh, that he has an established relationship with Kyrie Irving, the Duke connection. There's a relationship there. There's the respect level there. Um, JJ is a vet now. Obviously, he'll be looking for this. Could probably be his last payday. You know, you spoke about you know before Nick that it'll be around once you sign those two guys. You know, how much space is there left available? Uh, is there the tax mid level, the the non tax mid level? Um, how much money extra? Um, I think JJ Redick and he lives in Brooklyn as well, so there's the ties there too. There was ties to him in the last off season. Um, you know, he obviously wants to be in a winning situation. You know, we've seen the behind-the-scenes videos before in relating to him. We know his wife wants him to play for Brooklyn. Um, so who knows what could happen with him. And obviously, there's a lot of moving parts in Philadelphia that affect that too. But, you know, don't be surprised if you see J.J. Redick uh, gain some clout and free agency around the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I could see if the Nets don't have, you know, they don't land Kyrie and Katie, they have some extra money, they go after him. Or if they end up with the Kyrie Tobias Harris option and then they sign J.J. Redick as somebody to possibly bring off the bench. I, I do think that his price tag might be a little high because so many teams in the league desperately need shooting that someone will probably overpay him because he's such an elite shooter still at his age. I'll throw something at you, Nick. Um, who would you rather have, uh, J.J. Redick or Danny Green? That's a really tough question. If I still have Joe Harris on roster, I think I'd rather have Danny Green because of his defense. Okay, fair enough. You know, I, and there's a fair case for J.J. Redick, but I just think, you know, Joe Harris is a really, really good three-point shooter. Expect him to maybe get a little bit better this year too. Yeah, and I mean, it was his age 34 season for J.J. Redick, but he did put up a career high in points too. Efficiency uh, was a little down though. Efficiency was a little down, but that was because he's like the only shooter for Philadelphia. Yeah. Whereas if you have J.J. Redick and Joe Harris, I've said this before, boy, Nick, you love spacing, but that's just making spacing with a capital S P-A-I-P-A-C-I-N-G. It's Sunday morning here. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I get what you're trying to say, Jack. Yeah, and I agree. I think uh, we saw it at times when Alan Crabb was good for the Nets last season. Having Crabb and Harris on the floor, it opened up a lot of things. I would just be scared about J.J. Redick's defense, especially as he gets older. He's going to be less and less playable in clutch time minutes. And just to throw out a couple more cheap options, you mentioned some of them. Alex Sabrinas, if he comes back to basketball, would be an interesting guy. Nets love the international uh, targets like that. Justin Holiday's been a guy that's obviously been solid, hasn't really developed his skills fully. Wayne Selden's another cheap option. You mentioned Magruder. Then obviously Nets fans would love to see Vince Carter play his last season in Brooklyn. Oh, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. And uh, moving on to small forward, you know, this is pretty much a two-man race in terms of the the number one targets, and that's Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. Oh, I thought you were going to mention some, some other guys. No, it's definitely Kevin Durant. <laughs> um, yeah. Two best players in the NBA went on their day. Obviously, LeBron James is probably in that conversation too. But these two guys are at the superstar, the elite, elite of the superstar uh, echelon. And if we were to land one uh, of these guys, then it would be an incredibly highly successful offseason. The Achilles injury obviously leaves you some sort of um, worries uh, around that. Um, the same thing, I guess, with Kawhi Leonard. How healthy can he be long-term? Um, he's shown an ability to play through, you know, Payne Kevin Durant obviously has the relationships with our doctors too um, out in Brooklyn. Kawhi Leonard has relationships with guys in Brooklyn as well. Um, so the fact that we have the three, literally I'm on hoop type right now, Nick, and the number one, number two, number three free agents on the free agency list are all linked to the Brooklyn Nets. It's pretty fun. Yeah, and two of them are, you know, quote-unquote, a front-runner for KD. And then it seems like uh, the Kyrie thing is a lock in the eyes of a lot of people. A lot of NBA teams are operating as Kyrie's already in net. Obviously, the Kawhi mentions aren't as high, but it seems like there's a little bit of a buildup maybe coming. I don't know if you saw Thiago Splitter sent him cigars after winning the finals. So, obviously, trying to keep those relationships nice. I mean, we got to leave. Kawhi, does he smile? I mean, he looks like a fun guy. <laughs> yeah, he did. that was like the most you saw of Kawhi's like personality was the day after he won the finals. It's like he could finally feel relieved for the day. Then every picture I've seen after that, it seems like he's back in Kawhi mode. It's Kawhi's season, ladies and gentlemen. But um, let him do his thing. Um, hopefully, he's a Brooklyn Net. If Kevin Durant's a Brooklyn Net, if it's Kawhi Leonard, um, give me both. I don't know. Just blow <laughs> it up and do something crazy. Sean, do you think? Yeah, do your thing, Sean. We'd be pretty happy about both. Um, and then just cheap options, possibility to fill out the end of the roster if you're looking at, you know, we talked about Damari possibly being back, but likely getting more money. Somebody like a James Ennis would probably come cheap or a Ma Boot. Ma, I'm pulling a Corey right now. Ma, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that would be definitely some of the options I think as cheap, but small forward's not really a need, even if they don't add one of these guys, because I think they're pretty high on Prince and Rodeons. And we have spoken about as well um, Tobias Harris is probably that sort of two number two option behind landing one of the big sort of fish. And we spoke. Would about you consider him more of a power forward? Because I think I would. I would, um, but I think that when you're talking about threes and fours these days, um, they're certainly interchangeable. And Tobias Harris can't play the four and five, so I consider him a three and a four. I think it's. And you you play multiple positions in, in today's NBA unless you are like a pure point guard or a pure center. If mm-hmm. you're if you're a shooting guard to power forward, to me you can play you know both shooting guard, small forward, small forward, power forward. I think you have to be able to play more than one position in today's NBA, and that's what I think Tobias can. He can play the three and the four. 
Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think Tobias definitely offensively has no issues playing small forward. I think laterally would probably be where he's a little bit better at the power forward defensively. But like you said, you're inter- interchangeable. And a lot of times you're getting switched up on defensive assignments because of transition or just switches happening in the, the other team's offense. Yeah, definitely. And, and there's a lot of guys out there that would probably fit around the sort of wings. You know, I like Terrence Ross as a shooting guard, sort of small forward sort of option. But I think that he'll be looking for a bit more money, and I don't think the Nets will be willing to offer it to him. Yeah, I think uh, Terrence Ross or like a Jeremy Lamb, they'll probably get a little bit more money. There's a couple other shooting guards that are interesting, but they're probably a little bit out of the Nets' price range. Maybe like one of the best ones, the closest that they could get with the $4 million would be like Wayne Ellington, but he came off a really nice year with Detroit, so he'll probably get more money. And Shooting is just so valuable, and so many teams need it that teams are going to overpay for it. Yeah, essentially. Now, power forward, we mentioned Tobias. You know, he's kind of a twin. Any other power forward options you like? I think this would be a route the Nets would attack more if they missed out on KD or yeah, it seems, yeah, it seems to me the position uh, of need the most within the Brooklyn Nets organization and the, and the position that seems to get the most chatter on Twitter. Um, I'll say the name that I don't want to, Julius Randle. Um, obviously, there's a, lot, there's a lot of talk. Whether anti-Julius Randle podcast when it comes to uh, what crying him and free agency. I get what he can do. He can produce buckets. He can put up numbers. He's a good rebounder. He's an okay passer, but he doesn't do it for. He he doesn't impact winning, and that's mm-hmm. what I've sort of said when we talked talked about DeAndre Russell for for long points uh, before he sort of had his breakout moments and his extended uh, period of success. He wasn't impacting winning, but, but we're to the point where it's like now he is a proven winner. He he got us to the, to the playoffs. Whereas I don't think Julius Randle is that sort of guy. You know, power forward sort of center. You know, Al Horford uh, as well. Um, I think that you know, it seems to me that Dallas is getting a lot of traction. But, you know, I remember when Coy was putting out which team should he land on. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind him on the Brooklyn Nets if we were to strike out on on, um, on Kevin Durant. But there's a lot of sort of guys, you know, Paul Millsap as well um, with the Denver Nuggets. Um, obviously, you know, he has that. It's a team option. So whether the Denver Nuggets want to bring him back, um, he'll be a nice fit on any sort of organization in a similar sort of way with Al Horford. Um, and then there's sort of, you know, the lesser likes, you know, you're talking about, you know, your Nikola Meritich, your Marcus and, and Markeith Morris sort of types. Um, these sort of guys that can sort of fill out your roster, Al Farouk Aminu. And a guy who I like from an even sort of cheaper range is a guy like Noah Vonley. I remember talking about him in, in, in midpoints of the season. I'm like, I wouldn't mind training for him or acquiring him in some sort of way because um, I, I really like his game and, and what he produced for, for the Knicks this season. Yeah, honestly, I have a lot of the same options you have. You know, obviously, the dream scenario of you miss out on the other guys would be trying to convince Porzingis to come, but I don't think Dallas would give him up. You know, Millsap, I think the Denver's definitely going to not uh, bring him back because I think it's like a $30 million team option. They could go after some guys and even try to re- re-sign him. One guy that I also like is Trey Lyles. I'm not really sure about his role moving forward with Denver. He didn't get playing time in the playoffs, kind of fits in that system a little bit. And pretty much everybody else you said, like I mentioned, Horford, Miritich, Aminu, and then obviously possibility to bring back Jared Dudley, but he's probably not really going to play if he's brought back. Yeah, essentially. Um, and, and I think, you know, you talk about all these other, other sort of guys. It's not, despite the fact that it's a really top-heavy sort of uh, free agency sort of list, guys that we haven't mentioned um, as, as shooters and, and defensive sort of guys, um, as shooting guys, just looking through the list because it's just such a large amount of players. Uh, a guy like Wesley Matthews or Reggie Bullock, but I think they're going to be wanting to get a little more money than the Nets will offer. But they will fit any sort of team that they go on because they can play defense and they can shoot a little bit. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's where it comes down to is like a lot of these guys, do they get contracts or are they waiting around and just trying to go to a winning situation for a year or two or something like that? And as the Nets sign the big stars, now people are willing to kind of take some of a pay cut, not only because they're playing with stars in a winning situation, but they're also living in a big market. Actually, Jamichael Green, I'll throw his name into to the list as well. I think that, um, you know, what he proves um, with the Clippers in the playoffs and what he's done um, for a large portion of his career in Memphis too, um, I think that he could be a nice fit um, on the Nets and, and other teams as well. I just like what he brings as a, a guy who can play the four and a little bit at the five. Um, he could shoot, you know, not necessarily at an elite level, but a pretty competent level. Um, and I mean, I think we'll probably get to the centers uh, in a little bit, but, you know, he could certainly play the center position too. Yeah, that's what I would like about Green or Vonley is that they could play the four, but you also could play them as a small five. And Green is somebody the Nets were linked to when he was a free agent the last time when he, I think, signed a two-year deal with Memphis. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get him in there and they could probably get him on a pretty cheap deal. So you're telling me that the Nets aren't going to get Carmelo Anthony, Nick? I don't think so, but hey, you never know. <laughs> I mean, if, What was Carmelo if, wearing? Did you see his last outfit? <laughs> Yeah, if I mean, if the NBA turns into, you know, five guys versus chairs, then uh, come on, Anthony's going to be dominating. Yeah, he, he doesn't, I'm not even trying to throw shade. He doesn't look like he's in amazing basketball shape. Still plenty of months of the season. But if I was picking somewhere with Carmelo, I think he's going to sign in LA. And uh, Yeah, that seems the most likely thing. And obviously, it'll be at some sort of vet minimum. But I love, he still has provided me with one of my best uh, in-game moments, you know, in, in, in basketball history when I saw him. Uh, the Dwayne Wade um, goodbye game, the, the retirement game where he came on the court, took the dribble, was going to shoot, and then he didn't. It was it, it got the arena erupting. And uh, the league will be better in some form or another, be it like for negative content or positive content with Kamala Anthony in it because uh, we need more of the banana boat crew kicking around. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, he still has some game and we'd like to see him maybe have a little bit more success before he has to retire and not go out the way that he did because it'd be kind of sad after a really nice career for him. But getting to centers, you know, we don't think the Nets are going to go after any starting centers. It would be all backups. We kind of discuss uh, Dwayne Dedman, DeAndre Jordan. Um, another guy, I guess you could probably consider maybe a Robin Lopez. He might get a little bit more money, though. Yeah, and I think DeAndre Jordan has getting some stronger links probably because of his ties and relationship with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Would he be willing to take unders to play with those guys? I have no idea. Um, some other guys that you can maybe chuck into to the uh, conversation, maybe like a guy like Rashawn Holmes with the fact that the Phoenix Suns have now uh, landed uh, Aaron Baines. True. How many centers do they really need on the roster? Uh, Joe Kim Noah, um, I think, had a, a, a proven himself to be a productive sort of player and was pretty good with Memphis um, when he signed with them. Um, I think he'd be a really good guy off the bench and a guy who could sort of, with you know the two young centers that we have, I think we would need that sort of veteran presence. I think Joe Kim Noah would be a perfect sort of fit there. Um, but I think that he's more likely to head to a team like the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, that, that's just the, the vibe that I sort of get. But I wouldn't hate Joe Kim Noah on my roster either. Despite the fact that um, when we want to have shooting, you know, you don't want to necessarily have a guy like Joe Kim Noah out there. Um, Amir Johnson is a, a, another sort of guy as a veteran backup. Um, when he's not texting on the bench, um, you know, he can be a nice little option. Had to throw a little bit of shade at him because, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we were there for that sort of moment. But, yeah, there's guys in terms of backup, backup bigs, that sort of third big or, or even just backup big in general. You know, I think that in terms of the Nets need to prioritize that because they they saw in Ed Davis how much value it provided them having two bona fide centers. And I don't think you can necessarily head into next season having two bona fide centers that are a rookie and, you know, a, a guy with a rookie sort of body. 
Um, they essentially have very similar games when it comes to especially their frame. Uh, you need a bit of a bit of bigness and toughness down there. And I mean, yes, aggression, and we've spoken about it before, is overrated, but you need just someone with size at that five position. And I think some guys that we just spoke about there could help provide that. Does Zaza Pachulia fit that mold? I have no idea. Um, I don't want him to. I would much rather have Joe Kim Noah, Rashawn Holmes, and these other sort of guys. Uh, Marcin Gortat, I have no idea. There's some guys on there, Greg Monroe, um, th- these sort of guys that I think can be some sort of service as a as a third big. Yeah, you're looking, I think, for either you know a backup big. I think you need, like you said, a physical presence. doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be super aggressive, but somebody who's seven feet and can handle a body down low. Like, if you're trying to get through the East, you got to do a Joel Embiid, and you need some options at the right them. And if you're getting possibly a third big, too, I think it's the same thing. You're looking at some type of veteran. Hopefully nobody can mess up the locker room, but somebody who can bring a big presence to the court when needed, and you don't need to necessarily play them a lot. Out of the names that we've said, Nick, who would you prioritize in that sort of stretch? Like Gortat, Noah, um, Kyle Quinn is another name that could be in that sort of um, range. Um, and yeah, who, who do you sort of think fits that sort of mold? Nene. I like the, oh, Nene, I forgot about him, to be honest. I think he's still under contract with Houston. But um, Joakim Noah, uh, I would be interested. But I said he said his biggest issue with the Knicks was the city, that he like couldn't contain himself. Oh, God. <laughs> So I wouldn't be interested in that because it just feels like there's just issues with that. Some players just can't handle the city. You know, DeAndre Jordan, who you brought up, I think could be a really good option. In terms of the third center, ah, man, just like a lot of those names all have like really, really like. Maybe give me some Kaminsky action. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I, I was on the one that said do not trade for Kaminsky. I mean, Dwayne Dedman would be more of a backup and I'd really love him. Kavon Looney would be amazing, but I don't think they had the money for him. I like I would just kind of really hope to get like Robin Lopez. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if you can get him for a cheap tag, but if you can, like, do it up. And you mentioned Holmes as well. I thought Holmes played really well. And at times I felt like on the court he was almost better than having DeAndre Ayton because he could actually play defense and red the floor. Yeah, and also another name in the wings who is probably another guy we can't get but had a really, really nice season with Dallas is a guy like Maxi Kleber. Yeah, it would be a great fit for the system. Can shoot the oh, three Obi. Obi. Everyone go. Everyone go see John Wick 3. He gets killed by... Uh, Keanu, oh, I'm not going to spoil it, but he does yeah, get killed. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, guys, that's his thing. Uh, but Bobon, yeah. um, he, he, he kills him that role. And if he goes to Brooklyn, it could be a couple of short indie films as well, build up his sort of resume on that sort of end of the floor. Um, and, you know, if we were to get Tobias Harris, Bobby and Toby action bring it to Brooklyn. If they were to get Tobias Harris, I mean, it's like almost two times as likely you'd have a chance at Bobon because I feel like he just wants to be with him. <laughs> like. Who wouldn't? But, Best friend. Like, if, if, if we were to be together in the same city, I wouldn't want to leave it either. Yeah, no, it's true. And they played pretty much their whole NBA career. I mean, Boban was in a – they were in their first stints alone, but then they got traded to Detroit. Then they went from Detroit to the Clippers, then to Philadelphia together. Why not stick together? Another center we didn't mention, but he is restricted. I'm not sure what offer would steal him away. I don't think you have to pay a ton. Jordan Bell. Yeah, that's a name that I sort of saw. Um, and I think that he – would leave because I think uh, I don't know how great his relationship with, is with a guy like Steve Kerr, uh, mm-hmm. but and I think that to have three young up and coming centers is it looks good on paper. It's risky. It is risky, like you said, Nick. And I think you know if you're wanting to challenge and be a top four team, you get KD, Kyrie. I think you can't necessarily take any risks, um, too many risks. So that's why you know you look at Dwayne Dedman. DeAndre Jordan, uh, Rashawn Holmes to a lesser extent, you know, Robin Lopez, these sort of guys. 
provide a bit more stability and just with their veteran sort of presence. So I wouldn't have Jordan Bell on my team. Uh, I mean, if we were to sign him just as an acquisition, I would like it. Um, you know, I spoke about Kevon Looney, the players, and I think that Jordan Bell is better than what he has shown on the Golden State Warriors. So uh, if he were to leave Golden State, I think that that would be his best option to, to grow as a player. Yeah, it's funny. Him and uh, Pat McCaw, their rookie seasons were really good in Golden State, and then it's like they got worse the following season. So I don't know. It's something weird going on there. Obviously, it's a little harder to develop players when you're winning championships. Jack, we do have some questions on the last YouTube uh, live show we just did. They said they missed the show, and they wanted to see if we could answer this on the free agency uh, pod. So it was, uh, if Kyrie and KD come to Brooklyn together, who should the Nets uh, target this upcoming season? Why KD rehabs? He votes for Danny Green in the mid-level exception. The Nets won't have the mid-level exception, so that kind of hurts their chances at getting Danny Green. But who would be some targets you'd be looking at? Pretty much all the cheap options we mentioned. So it, it would be, would we have more than a veteran minimum? So we'd have the room exception. So if you're a salary, if you have cap space, as soon as you use cap space, you only have the room exception. It's because you're operating as a team with cap space. And then if you're over the cap line, but not over the tax line, you get the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. Then if you're over the tax line, you get the taxpayer mid-level exception. Yeah, I think a part of me would want to offer that money to a center. Um, yeah. Guys that we literally just spoke about, you know, Dwayne Dedman, Robert Lopez, uh, I think probably two prime candidates for that. Um, and I think that you, maybe you want to target a power forward, but I think, you know, when we're t- if you're talking about like a guy like Marcus Morris, I think that he'd probably be willing to take, wanting to take a little bit more than Jermichael Green as well. Just a role player who you know what you're going to get from him night to night in a similar vein to what we got from Ed Davis last season. Um, I think the guys that we sort of spoke about a little bit sort of fit into that category too, but the names that sort of stick out, Jermichael Green, um, John Drew Jordan, I don't think we'd be willing to take that little of money, maybe as a one-year sort of deal uh, and with the promise of, of getting a bit more in the next season. Uh, but Dwayne Dedman, uh, obviously, he's... He's, uh, he's done the phone symbol to us before, Nick. We've seen it in person. Um, I, I, he didn't give me his number, so I couldn't necessarily text him about it. <laughs> you can't negotiate for the Nets here. I can't negotiate for him, unfortunately. It's not tampering because I'm, I have no affiliation, despite that the Brooklyn Buzz is a very popular podcast. Uh, but yeah, I would like, I'd love to have one of the Morris brothers, probably preferably Marcus, Jermichael Green, or Dwayne Demon. Those would be my three guys. I don't know if we could get him for that uh, little amount as well. Yeah, you'd probably be more likely to get Markeith at that price because he had such a down year. Uh, like I said, it'd be tough, and you'd kind of just wait it out to see who's available after a lot of the guys sign the bigger deals. And maybe even like just a shooter. I mean, I don't know if Seth Curry is willing to take unders again, but you know he proved um, that he can defend uh, his brother. And you know if he can defend Steph Curry, one of the best uh, point guards in the league, maybe he can defend some other sort of small point guards, which are uh, quite a large amount of them too. So. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, Justin Holiday as well. These sort of role players that you want consistency from, I think that's what you're you're looking for with that sort of little amount of money. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could get Reggie Bullock for like four million. He had a really down year in the second part of the season with the Lakers. I think teams still might value him a little bit more, but you never know. I know the Nets, I think, had some ties with him around a traded line at some point because he is a good three point shooter when he's knocking him down. Actually, Noah Bonley as well. We spoke about him a yeah. little bit. I really, really like him, despite the fact that he is young and you know, we talked about consistency and veteran presence. I think Noah Vonley has been around the league enough, despite the fact that he's only just 23 years old. Um, he knows how to rebound the ball. He knows he's got some crafty little moves. He can shoot the three a little bit. Um, and you know, uh, despite the fact that you know, the Knicks, I don't know if they're willing, I don't know how often you would see the Knicks and, and the Nets sort of working out deals and, and sort of that team's changing in that sort of regard. Uh, but Noah Vonley is another name that I'll chuck in there too. 
Yeah, and I think you could get him cheap. I mean, he had a good year, but I still think teams will be a little bit wary about kind of throwing him big money because it was on the Knicks who had a really bad, bad year. And Crimson Striker still has another a couple thoughts. Uh, Kyrie comes by himself, in which who would the Nets pair with him? We kind of mentioned that on the last show. It would probably be Tobias Harris and some other guys that fell out the roster. And then the third scenario that he mentioned would be if the Nets whiff on all free agents in terms of Kyrie and KD and just bring back D'Angelo Russell, what should they do with their cap space? Do we sign Tobias Harris? Is, is that the, the sort of go-to? I mean, because next year's free agency class isn't amazing. Um, do you take on more bad contracts? I don't think you do. Um, so I think that Tobias Harris seems a likely sort of option. But then it also <clears throat> leaves room to get some other guys that we sort of spoke about who are more in that sort of mid-level range uh, that we sort of chatted about. Guys like Danny Green, guys like JJ Redick. These sort of guys that can add a little bit of value to your team in a lot of different ways. Do we re-sign an Ed Davis if, if that's sort of the case? I think that there's a likelihood with that. Um, you know, you can add plenty of value still um, with, with that sort of money, that mid-level sort of money around that range. You know, can you uh, target some other guys? Uh, is is a, um, I'm trying to think of something like Nikola Vucevic. I mean, I think he'd probably want a little bit more money, but um, I know that the Celtics have been linked to him too. You know, Al Farouk Aminu, these sort of guys that can add something to your team. Does, um, Maybe even a Thaddeus Young, does he make his way back to Brooklyn? There, there's some names around there that, and, and I think you probably have a little bit more money to, to maybe even target Nikola Miritich too. Um, obviously, there's the fact that the, the Nets should get better in some stretch of the imagination because of the amount of money that they have. Uh, I don't think I don't see Sean Marks as a guy storing an, another massive offer sheet um, as, as a restricted free agent, but I think he'll get some money, and I don't think he'll do overs. I think he'll probably have learned his lesson from the Alan Crabb scenario um, in terms of just falling in love with the guy. I think that he's a bit more measured these days. But, you know, Other than throwing uh, massive money the way of, of the big guys, Kawhi, Kading, Kyrie, you know, there's plenty of sort of mid-range guys that you can sort of get around the wings. Yeah, and I think in those situations, you know, Sean Marks really didn't have a choice. He just needed to try to acquire talent, and the only way he could would be overpaying. So if the Nets were to just retain D'Angelo Russell, they could wait to sign his deal so they'd have $48 million to play with. You could sign Tobias Harris. We mentioned a number around like $24 million for him. You'd still have $24 more million to play with, possibly enough to even sign somebody like an Al Horford or one of these fringe all-star level type players. So your options would still be open. That's why I'm not really nervous if Kyrie and KD don't sign or Kawhi doesn't sign. There's still a lot of different options to improve this team and be better going to next season. Yeah, the Nets will be better next season in some form, obviously, because we're such a young team with the nucleus that we have currently. Um, it just depends on the route that happens with, with free agency and who we sign, who we don't sign. Um, but, you know, it's by the time this comes out, it'll only be a couple of days away until we, we the reality is upon us and free agency kicks off and the Nets are a completely different organization heading into 2019-20. 100% Jack spot on as always. Always a pleasure talking Nets with you. Thank everybody for listening. Check us out iTunes, Black Talk Radio, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, Dash Radio, YouTube, and Google Play. Like Jack hinted at earlier, we'll be dropping a lot of shows, especially if the Nets sign some of these big-time stars, which it looks like is a real possibility.